Hey everyone, before we get into today's pod, I just want to tell you a little bit about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everybody the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast but don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all of the other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get this all for only $15 a month. That is the exact same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So you're getting a pretty good value here. Whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description uh, in this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com forward slash join. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I'm Pat Nevin. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. In case you weren't sick of us yet this week, boy, oh boy, do we have a lot more coming your way because it's just happening. It's just getting going. This will be episode, uh, I think, the third one this week so far, and it won't be the last, so buckle in, ladies and gentlemen. As always, your host, Brandon, joined by Nick and Dan. Uh, gentlemen, appreciate you holding down the fort while I wasn't feeling so great uh, for the Aston Villa match review. I just had so much to say after that. I just appreciate you carrying that torch for me, Nick. <laughs> well, yeah, it was a uh, it was a struggle bus. I think not not one of our favorite episodes to record, but CJ was great uh, and he gave a, a good perspective, Dan, uh, from from the professional athlete's point of view about what could be going on with this team how players handle criticism, all that kind of stuff. So that was that was really nice in the midst of all the uh, the shithousery that's going on. Well, it was great, too. You know, one or two people hit me up after the match. And were like, I don't know if I can listen to this particular pod. I'm still frustrated about how we're ending the year, how we're ending December. I said, you know what? I totally get that. But actually, that was the perfect, re- you know, perfect opportunity to tap into what CJ had to offer and ask about, like, hey, you have been – in locker rooms where things are not going well at all, mm-hmm. we'd love to get some perspective and just the thought and insight that he shared about the game and Chelsea. In addition to that, what he brought as a professional athlete was really exceptional. So, you know what? It, it's far enough removed now that you, maybe your angst or anxiety over listening to an Aston Villa recapper over, that would be a good reason to listen to what we did with CJ. Look, we have a professional football player tied in for the Cincinnati Bengals. He wants to come on the show and talk about Chelsea. We're going to let him come on the show and talk about Chelsea. It's fucking incredible. I love it. I uh, take it you didn't miss my D3 perspective. Got it. Understood. <laughs> Rightly in a, so. In, in a lot of struggling locker rooms where you, where you branded. <laughs> Thankfully, not really. Uh, not at that level, though. None. <laughs> All I do is win Busby over here. Yeah, I wish. Um, all right, well, look, this is the the month in review episode, so this is going to be December, a month in review, uh, taking a look back, uh, trying to zoom out, see how everything that happened kind of rolls up into the bigger context of the season, because there were some tough blows uh, in December. So 
Uh, we're going to be chatting about, obviously, all the different performances throughout December. We'll look back at the month that just passed. Obviously, three-word month review. Player of the month, goal of the month, surprise of the month, and one thing we want to see in January. Um, and I can't believe none of us put new new signings. So might need to audible that one as we get there. Dan, you're pretty quiet over there. Go ahead. Tell us what happened in December because I really don't want to. Wow. It's, it's nice that you come back on after we carry the torch and you kick me the shit. Uh, but that's okay. Oh, I can handle on. it. We had eight matches <laughs> played. We played two Champions League matches, secured top in our group uh, with two wins. In those matches, we had five goals, four, four from Livia Drew and one goal against. We played six Premier League matches, and this is where it got a little bit more dicey. Two wins, three losses, one draw, total of 10 goals for, eight goals against, and picking up only seven of the 18 possible points we could have in the month of December. So I I spent some time on my spreadsheets, Nick, pulling up some stats, and I'm calling on the help of the Discord Maths channel because uh, those guys know numbers much better than I. But all I did was I just pulled in number of points won throughout the month and kind of made a table just for the month of December. So as Dan said, we played six matches, which is a lot in one month. If you and you put sorry, we played eight matches in December, including Champions League. Um, six by itself is a lot. And we came out right in the middle of it, unfortunately. Uh, seven points. That didn't that doesn't put us in a real great spot compared to the teams that we're up against and we say we're trying to get top four in a title. I mean, you want me to just roll them down? Sure. You want to share this? Uh, So at the top of the December points table would be Manchester United with 14. It's disgusting. Ole has now grabbed back onto the wheel um, somehow after ghost riding the whip for, for some time. He's, he's back. Everton resurgent did not see that coming. Uh, after their kind of sputtering November. Uh, Liverpool at 12, Aston Villa 11, tied with Burnley, Leicester, and Man City. Burnley, where are you at? How? Why are you who you are? Uh, then Leeds, Southampton, tied at nine points. And then you get down to Chelsea's area. And, and Dan, this is not where you want to be. When you have the same amount of points in December as one Arsenal football club and you lost to them, that that's a bad sign. And then down the list is, you know, Palace, West Ham, Spurs, even having a worse month than we are. Boom. Eat your heart out. Fulham, Newcastle, Wolves, Brighton, West Brom, you know, and uh, lowly Sheffield at the bottom with one. So, Dan, look, this is not good. Um, Spurs have only made me feel slightly better about where we were, but if you look up at the top, we're a full seven points off of where Manchester United set the pace. Yeah, behind teams in in Leicester, in in City, in Villa, who we just drew against, teams that are surging up the table, teams that have games in hand as mm-hmm. well. Which you think about that, if even they they start averaging right what their kind of points per game are. That leaves us even further behind. And so this is a month where, you know, we saw on, on one day for a span of 12 to 15 hours from the start of a match to the end of the, the next set of days, uh, we were on the top of the table only so slightly uh, and then quickly found ourselves slipping down into a, a more 
tenuous position as we look to kind of drive up into that uh, top four and kind of maintain our hold there, Brandon. Because otherwise, it's just it's not a good it's not a good look. This is a, a really bad bad piece of data that you brought in front of us, and I hate you for it. Mm-hmm. Look, it's not apples to apples, right? Because not everyone got to play abysmal Arsenal like we did and lose. Uh, not everyone got to play Sheffield United, West Brom, poor teams, you know. And so, obviously, you know, this is just one of many data points. And hopefully we can pull into it. I know, like, the FPL, they kind of rate if you're playing kind of the top of the table, opposition, middle, and bottom. We haven't even gotten into kind of rating, you know, or kind of applying us a weighted scale to these results either. But... Just at the surface level, I think it's important that we track kind of if we're going to talk about a month overall, like this is important to see because we're racing against these other 19 teams and we got to know how well they're doing. Are we trending up? Are we trending down? Are we staying flat? And I'd say right now, again, I haven't gone back and gotten points for November, October, September and things like that, which we'll go do, though. But uh, you can say right now we are probably on the decline which isn't good it was a busy time there's injuries there's context and we'll get into that so um dan the, talk- the best way to the best way to look at it though is just look at it on points per game by that's closing the your eyes way. <laughs> <laughs> uh closing your eyes and praying that it was a mistake and you pinch yourself and you wake up from a terrible dream but no points per game is probably the best way to look at it which is you know we're at 1.2 for the month of december and then you look at United at the top, they would be closer to like a 2.3. So that that's not good. When you think about just over the course of the season, you need to average a, a better than one. You know, one is going to get us mid, a mid-table performance. You know, you need to be averaging two plus to consider yourself a top four contender. And you need to be very, very close to three if you want to run the table. Yeah. That's that's another metric. But again, I want to know what was our points per game in November compared to December. Are we going up or down? Is the plane taking off or are we crashing to the ground? But what look, do we'll you get think into that. it was? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we're trending down is yes. the answer. Either way. So, uh, look, if we look at some of the results, right? So, played Sevilla in the Champions League 4 nothing. Leeds 3-1, Krasnodar 1-1, Everton 1-0, Wolves lost 2-1. Beat West Ham 3-0, lost to Arsenal 3-1, and drew Villa 1-1. There's not a lot that you want to pick out of that, gentlemen. But, you know, obviously West Ham was probably the the shining spotlight in that since we'd already clinched in Sevilla, would you say, Nick? Or maybe you would like the Leeds match better? We know how much you sweated through that one. Uh, I mean, in the league, Leeds is a better result for us. But Sevilla was the best result of the month, not remotely close. I mean... That was our B squad. We absolutely dominated from start to finish in that one. Um, it is interesting, Dan, when you look at these results, do you remember how positive we were after Leeds? Like, oh, man, our B side's crushing it against Sevilla in the Champions League in a, in a must-win Champions League match to stay atop of the group. Then we go beat Dirty Leeds 3-1, and we were top of the table for a brief moment, and then everything came crashing down. Well, it only took uh, the seven-day span from the 5th of December with that Leeds victory to the 12th of December against Everton where we lost on the Sigurdsson uh, getting that penalty, um, where it went from why not us question mark to why not question mark us period. That was a, a pretty sharp 
left turn. It, it, it's the meme where it has the person like turning off of the on uh, to the ramp. That's exiting what happened with Chelsea's. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Is that us exiting the title race, Dan? Yeah. Uh, at least on current points per game. Yeah, sure. The way this table is, though, it's so wild. You never know. So, anyways, uh, three word month in review. Um, Dan, do we have any user submissions that you want to read? Uh, well, I, I left that off of the tweet, so I, I, I take uh, full responsibility okay. for not collecting some uh, some lister ones here. But we had, you know, some healthy dialogue beforehand, which is more than we typically do. That's true. Um, all right. Well, then, Dan, lead us off with your three word month in review. Well, I went with shoots, not ladders. All right. There was one direction that we went this month and it was not on the upward. That's that's fair. Uh, I've got a fun visual in my head. So well done to you. That's what you're good at. Nick, uh, what about you? I feel like you're coming in hot with this one. I don't feel like it's that hot. It's just I mean, like tough love. There's a hard edge to it. Yeah. It's time to reset your expectations. I, like the the title's not remotely in play anymore. We've lost too many points and Liverpool are, are I think back into cruise control mode on this, even though they had a couple of draws. Like you you can't really see Liverpool losing the title. Um so you got to reset your expectations, and like I think part of that is what I'll get into later in the in the show. But I think looking at what progress means to this club over the next six months is going to be really crucial. Uh, and and it might not mean, you know, that the you know, or it might mean that we don't have trophies this year. But you know, there there could be a long play involved if we're all patient and start to see the right things. So. Um. Well, I mean, look, the, the table's pretty tight. They've only got a two-point lead, three points between them and fourth. All right, come on. The, no matter the, what, it's going to be a the, wild year. They're the best team, and if you're if you're telling me that Everton and Manchester United are really going to give them a run all the way to the end of the year, you're out of your mind. I mean, it's ridiculous. You're out of your mind. You're out of your – come on. <laughs> all right. Come so on. I, I put the, the momentum has ceased, really – just a matter of fact statement. No, nothing surprising or shocking there. We know 17 unbeaten, like you said, Nick, you know, first in the group in Champions League, dirty leads, you're terrible. And then we hit a rough patch. And so, uh, look, this happens during seasons. I've been on teams that this has happened on that aren't professional ones, and you have to dig deep. It is hard to stop negative momentum to get your feet on the ground to start moving forward. Uh, my favorite analogy is when you were a kid and you and your friends would run around the pool in a circle and then you turn around and try to run the other way and it would just drag you under because it is difficult. So um, That's it's okay. A you can laugh, Dan. Did your, you have a childhood? childhood. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Create a whirlpool in the in the pool? Dan had those. Do you remember the bicycles with the one big wheel and the one little wheel? <laughs> Uh, different times down in Florida, uh, oh, in, in Boston, where you were. But um, look, the the three month in review, right? It's uh, it, it was never going to be a pleasant one. Uh, no one's saying it was a bad month. Lampard, I mean, get out! You know that's no. not what you're going to get from us. Uh, I I do think it's hilarious that the Lampard v. Sorry debate has come back. Even David Amoyal has like entered into it, and you're just like, stop, stop, like. 
this this is too much. Like, yes, it's been a rough patch. We had a lot of games. We had some injuries. But I can't be bothered to bring that. Just, like, it's ridiculous, that conversation. The easiest the easiest thing is just mute, mute the words or mute the hashtags. And then you don't see it. And then your life is just immediately better. No, it, it's actually a good thing to bring up for this, for this month in review because adversity reveals character, right? Like, the moment that you go through a tough patch – you understand who people are in football Twitter. There are a lot of people who are celebrating the results earlier in the season who were hiding their true identity as Saristas or whatever. And now that they're out, now that they're fully outed, and hey, look, guys, Maurizio Sarri ain't coming back to the club, so figure out another club to support. Just just unfollow these people. Get rid of them. Like, they're, they're not doing your timeline. They're not doing your feed any good. Like it's it's not like you, you can't have different perspectives, but people who are longing for the zero zero draw at Southampton at home that we were at uh, with Maurizio Sarri, those weren't the days. Okay, like they just weren't. So figure out another way. Yeah. All right. Well, that's fair. Um, look, we're gonna get our ad break out of the way here, nice and early, so then we can cruise through the rest. So thank you to the sponsors for financially supporting the show, and uh, check the show notes for a little bit more. We'll be right back. 2020 has changed what working looks like in a pretty remarkable way. And you know what? The year's almost over. Or it might already be by the time you're listening to this. Businesses across the world are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire right now is super critical and Indeed is here to help. There are no more job sites in the world, more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find the quality of candidate you need quickly so you can focus on hiring the right person you need to keep your business going. We've seen it this year. You need a good football hire, you, know, you probably don't go to Indeed. This is probably not how it works. But for other industries, it might actually be the perfect thing. And right now, they've got a new way of matching you with candidates that instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your specific job criteria. And you can contact them the moment you sponsor your job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed with a $75 credit. Free, that's free, at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Best offer available everywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com forward slash BlueWire. The offer is valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, listen up, fellas. 2020 sucked. It's almost the new year, which means new balls with our sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped is the best when it comes to men's blow-the-way screaming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and helping 2 million men all over the world get rid of hair on their balls. Dan, what do you think about that? Well, yeah, I agree. 2020 sucked, and 2021 is right around the quarter. So, you know, if you want to get that new year freshness going on, you know, they've got the perfect package, you know, which is a collection of items like the lawnmower 3.0. You've got the, the weed whacker to take care of those annoying nose hairs and ears hair. And, you know, I mean, look, they also got other products that you could use, too. They've got a ball toner, right? The crop reliever. They've got a ton of different things. And as we're recording this, uh, we're getting laughed at. And, you know, ultimately, that's OK, because, you know what? 
you have to find joy in this moment. And one of the things that can bring you joy, Brandon, can be a brand new package from Manscaped. Uh, it's true. Look, if you're going to, you know, take care of yourself and, and do some cleaning up, you might as well do it with the right equipment. Uh, the Lawnmower 3.0, it's waterproof skinscape trimmer, reduces the nicks to your two best friends, right? Uh, it comes with a shed travel bag. Keep all your goodies stored together. Um, well, and, and, and Brandon, the, and Brandon, don't forget, you know, the ball is going to drop at midnight. Make sure the ball well, looks good with the Lawnmower 3.0 and Manscaped. Use our code London is Blue for 20% off and free shipping on your first order. That is London is Blue, the code. 20% off plus free shipping. So when the balls drop, everything looks pretty. All right. Well, there you go. 20% off and free shipping with the code London is blue at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use code London is blue. Happy New Year to you and your balls. All right, Dan, you and your awards, you love awards, you love judging everyone against themselves. Here it is, the fourth LIBPCFC Player of the Month Award. But before we get into that, we should take a moment and look back upon the pre- the previous recipients of said award. Remind us, sir. Well, it has been uh, four. This will be the fourth one. So we have three previous winners. In September, it was Kurt Zuma. In October, it was Edouard Mendy. Last month, it was N'Golo Kante. And this month, who could it be? We had, we had a co- This one, we did have some listener comments on uh, some support for Giroux. You know, we had uh, Kate mm-hmm. and uh, I'm the franchise uh, from Discord, Bryce from from Twitter, uh, several calls for, for Mason Mount as well. Not just from uh, individuals on our Discord like Jeremy or kind of Twitter responses from Connor, but some of the supporters groups that we connect with, the uh, the Chelsea Cuba group and also our friends in the Bio City Blues uh, showing the love to Mason Mount. So, I mean, that look. I think those were the two that popped up the most. There are a couple of shouts, you know, for I think one person had a ballistic shout, you know, that was interesting. Um, but these were the two that garnered the most, you know, most votes. So maybe it won't be a defender this month, Nick. And I know N'Golo Kante is not a defender, but he's clearly a defensive player. Um, I don't know. You saw those shots that he ripped uh, against Villa, <laughs> man. I think he's coming back into scoring form. Let's really go. tested Martinez there. You probably could have had Reese James until the very end, and not to his fault, really, the injury and some things like that. But I guess, uh, are there is there anyone else that that you think should be in here that wasn't mentioned? No. no. All right. Well. Well. Then. No. Who? I don't think so. So all right. So then you've obviously narrowed it down to Mason Mountain and, and Olivier Giroud. Uh, where? Which side are you on? Open the envelope, sir. I'm. I'm going old reliable, man. I. I, I love Olivier Giroud and. I, I really, you think about his month, right? Was it Stan has seven goals on here in the month? And obviously, you know, the, the four against Sevilla will, will do a lot of that damage, but it still scored four in a match against Sevilla, but that's a lot. <laughs> uh, and then you think about a crucial goal against Leeds, you think about a crucial goal against Aston Villa, and then obviously he put us ahead against Wolves. You know, I don't know how much more he could have done in that match. Uh, so. Yeah, he's he's kind of clearly my player of the month. Not to say that I don't love Mason Mount because everyone knows I do, but I think Olivier Giroud is the player of December. I mean, it seems like a fair shout, Dan. Are you going to double down? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It's uh, the one that is probably the most obvious. I, I do think Mount was a, a close shout. He was probably a, a free kick off the bar that could have been a goal, maybe away from it edging in his favor. 
he did have some pretty good progressive play throughout the matches. Again, called upon for every match. <laughs> pretty much didn't didn't you know didn't find himself out of a match for any extended period of time. And that's something that, you know, if you talk about old reliable, uh, Mason is young reliable in that regard. <laughs> but Olivier just popping up when needed and has been a great professional about it, too. You know, I think the the France, you know, will he, won't he leave, stay, go, all of that kind of commentary. That's outside of the actual on the pitch performances, which were, were really sharp. And you know, I think to that credit, you know, scoring against. You know, a Wolves team that is typically very stingy scoring against Leeds to open the scoring there. And then, you know, finding our one goal against Villa, you know, he, he popped mm-hmm. up and, you know, helped earn us some, uh, some points in, in two of those. And, you know, outside of Neto coming in crazily at the end there, Brandon, uh, would have gotten us, uh, you know, some extra points too. So, yeah, I love the goal against Villa. Um, you know, he just found space in a crowded box, took that big frame, got it low. And be you know, I mean Martinez at the near post. I, I went Giroud as well. I, I said, I, you know, that's why I predicted so many things for Timo Werner at the beginning of the season because goals, you know, solve a lot of problems. Unfortunately, uh, he solved a lot of problems, but we didn't have him in certain matches. We didn't have enough goals. Uh, some things just went a little sideways, but he was consistent throughout the month to be able to score that many goals. Uh, not starting every match, sometimes not even playing, you know, in some of these matches. So for me, I just think that, uh, you know, again, for someone to come in and out of the team as much as he has and score, um, that is a, it is a luxury for Frank and Chelsea to have, um, you know, he could, he could easily be within his right and say he wants to go to a team to play more, you know, Mm -hmm. but he, I think we have found a balance where he's happy enough to stay in preparation for his Euros, but it's also we're able to play to his strengths as well, which is is super important. So, um, all right, well, if we kind of conveniently roll into goal of the month, Dan, um, uh, I think a little bit more variety here than just two two options. So, what did what did the people say? Yeah, we had a, we had a couple. Uh, OCAW on Twitter uh, talked about the Giroud goal versus Villa that Brandon so uh, wonderfully called out there earlier. Um, Kendall called out the Silva goal versus West Ham. We had uh, Neven on Twitter calling out the Pulisic goal versus Leeds. So mm-hmm. it definitely ran the gamut. There was not a universal, this is the goal, everyone, you know, just flat out called it. it wasn't like the reese, reese james screamer right like there was not one goal nick that was everybody's favorite that is true um it's an interesting variety of goals too um there, there's a lot of different you know depending on kind of what your fancy is like dan you know it ends up going with something that you know i would typically go with and i went with a little you know kind of a different goal than i would typically go with so Kind of an interesting place to be, but I will I will start us off, gentlemen. How about that? Yes. Oh, that's sweet. Up. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm actually going with the Giroud, the little deft chip against Sevilla. Uh, I thought it just like, I think about if I was ever a striker, would I ever have that much patience and trust in my own technique to be able to wait for the goalkeeper to come out and then just kind of deftly chip over and not even worry about it. And I think it takes a great amount of skill to do that. So I, I love that goal. And I think it just shows how, how good he really is. Like given a little bit of time and space, what he can do. So I'm going to go with the, uh, the deaf chip against Sevilla. 
very, very classy finish from a very classy striker. And you probably only pull that off when you've already bagged a couple, right? What was that his third or fourth goal of the match? Yeah, I think it was uh, maybe I think second. It was second. I think it was second goal. So yeah. either way, he clearly had confidence, um, you know, and just time and, and delicacy. So I love, I love the skill from it. Uh, I went very opposite. So I went on a goal that gave us nothing but a little bit of hope at the end, and that was Tammy versus Arsenal. And the reason mm. I went for this one as my goal of the month is because is what the 85th minute we're down three nothing. The game's essentially over. But Tammy was busting his balls, getting into the box. He would not quit, and I felt like it was rewarding him for all of his hard work all game, but also showed me Tammy's fight and his passion and his spirit and the fact that he will give absolutely everything for this club if we're down 3 nothing, 5 nothing, 7 nothing, He will fight for the badge and fight for every single 50-50. Um, and so to me... That goal was just a reward for the embodiment of the performance that Tammy put in against Arsenal. So um, maybe a little bit symbolic, Dan, rather than just end result for me. Well, I went with one that was just the end result, and it was Thiago Silva's header versus West Ham. And I think there's a couple components that make it pretty special. Uh, one, just scoring off set pieces and the regularity, which we've done that this season when we do have a Silva, a Giroud, a Zuma in the box has been quite wonderful to get goals from that area. But you'd love to see uh, more goals coming from our attackers, but to have the defenders chip in is fantastic and what you need to do if you're going to be challenging on multiple fronts. Uh, Mason's delivery on the cross was wonderful as well. The way Zuma took two people out of the play to give Silva the space to run into and made it past them. I, I think this... It, it was a team goal scored by Thiago Silva. And that's what I really loved about it most. You know, he had the run, he had the power on the header, but Mason's performance, Zuma's performance, everybody kind of working in consort was what made it the, the goal of the month for me. Well, I can totally understand that Thiago Silva, two goals in the Prem this season. Uh, Tammy was six, Zuma with four. So to your point, <laughs> Timo and Zuma, uh, both on four in the Premier League, which, uh, is a little bit interesting. Jorginho on three, probably should have had four, but glad I uh, glad we're not going to get into that. All right, so so look, I'm coming in hot. All right, because you might hear a different intonation, a different inflection, because listeners going to be honest, Zoom failed us. All right, so we are actually re-recording the second half of this episode. So again, we are in a bit more of a jovial mood, I would say, than what we mm -hmm. had talked about. Because when we first recorded this, it was all doom, gloom, we're losing points, we're terrible. But we just had a nice little roundabout uh, getting ready on this New Year's Eve to bring in hopefully the best year of our lives in 2021. So again, uh, clearly a hard reset intonation and voice inflection. And I just want to say, here's why. So Anyways, as we get back into the flow of this gentleman, we were at surprise of the month in the script, okay? Um, and clearly what surprised me this month was Zoom failing me in very inopportune moments. But mm -hmm. but real quick, what we had put in November that we that surprised us was I was really surprised that the lack of rotation held up. We'd done the 17 unbeaten. We are in the process of that, cruising in Champions League in first place. Dan, you had said consistency throughout November is what surprised you the most. And Nick, you said we did this without Pulisic, Avertson, Callum Hudson-Odoi, in parentheses for the most part. So probably you're saying you're surprised we did it with kind of a thinner squad. 
Mm-hmm. Well, now, Nick, we're into December. Probably had a lot of different things that have surprised us. So let's go to the people, uh, see what they thought before we get into what we had. The the people uh, ha- have some interesting surprises. Again, surprise of the month doesn't have to be positive. It can also be a negative surprise. You can be surprised in a bad way. Uh, there are a couple of good ones here, though, uh, from Honorary Kumquat, uh, going with Callum's Sexy AF Crossfield Passes. Uh, learning from Ziesh, question mark. That's an interesting thing. Uh, then the lack of Billy Gilmore from Gabriel on Discord. Uh, that is kind of interesting, just given the amount of matches. Uh, and then there is a whole line here, and I'm just going to read the the top line here. It's the Arsenal performance on Acceptable Mentality. The Arsenal from Tana, uh, lost Arsenal from Lawrence, and then lost Arsenal from Bryce. Brandon, I believe that you then transition to a very similar thread with the lost arsenal. Yeah. Um, hmm. <laughs> about that. That was definitely my biggest one. Is, is they're so is, bad, we, dude. Yeah. I know. As as you'll hear later on, um, this one stood out to me, especially because of what I predicted for December. Um I don't like Arsenal. I don't like losing to Arsenal by multiple goals either, especially when they're so low on the table. So I was really blindsided by this. As we're heading into December, obviously our confidence was you know, full. Even throughout the month, you're like, mm, okay, mixed bag. But we've got Arsenal, London Derby. You get up for this one. These are the ones you, you get excited for as a player. It's true you literally do circle certain matches on the calendar, and this is one. And for us to just kind of wither out of it, yeah, not great, Bob. Not 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 what I wanted to see at all. Um, Dan, though, on the other hand, kicking a dead horse while it's down, or whatever mm. that saying is. Beating a dead horse? Yeah, kicking a man kicking, when he's down, something. Yeah, yeah I'm really merged. good at combining these things. You merged them, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great for Brandon's New Year's resolution to actually get the actual phrasing for the idioms he wants to use down. It'd be really good. Nah. It'd be wonderful. Uh, I went with Timo's continued struggles and it's not beating a dead horse, but this is the longest drought he has had in his professional footballing career. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we know if we need to get charity water involved, but like this man needs to start scoring some goals again very, very soon. Uh, Just kind of for reference, you know, so he has scored 12 goals so far uh, this season Three of those did come from penalties. His expected goals would be about 10.3. So he has overperformed a bit. But, you know, even in the past couple of matches, when we look at the West Ham match, he was a 0.7 expected. It didn't, you know, didn't score a goal there. Um, you know, offered up an assist. So he has had a couple of assists this season, seven in total. It's just, it, it's really weird. And I think, you know, we've, we've talked about the styles of play haven't really favored him. You know, he needs to be, getting the ball into space and being probably the last person to touch it in all expectation. I mean, we saw in this last match versus Villa when he came in that we were trying to play it over the top or cross into the box room. That doesn't work for Timo Werner. Like you need to play him in this space, let him run past defenders because he is that fast and give him the opportunity to convert. And so I think the way we have played has not played to his skill set. And so I think that that is part of the problem. The other is confidence, though. There have been a couple of times where he has been in front of goal and you would expect, Nick, that he would just be able to close it out and probably, if he was on good form, would not have an issue converting some of them. But, you know, the, the Boo Bears are there in his brain and just kind of throwing him off it. Not judging Timo until he plays center forward. 
I refuse to. You know, with all the tech issues you've had, maybe not banging on the table, Brandon, would be a good idea. Um, I, I'm going with reverting to the mean. Uh, I, we were... We were flying high last month. I mean, it, it, it will be interesting to go back at the end of the season and listen to all the months in review just because the inflections will likely go like this. Uh, flying high at the end of November, have a great start to December, beating Sevilla, beating Leeds, and then the wheels fell off. I mean, and, and the interesting part about this league, uh, the league in particular this year, is that, you know, for all of our struggles – there have been teams that have, you know, kind of gone up and down around us. Um, Everton was in 11th place or something like that when we played them, and now they're up in the top three, you know, and it's possible to go the other way too. You know, Leicester haven't capitalized on all the, you know, kind of movement around them to kind of take advantage of some of these things. Neither have Chelsea, neither have, you know, you think about where Manchester United was at the beginning of the season, losing to Palace at home in the first game, like, it's it's a weird year, but I think we have reverted to the mean in terms of, you know, the types of shots that we're getting on goal, the types of goals that we're giving up. Um, it's not kind of the star-studded performances that we were used to uh, early in the season. So that was a little surprising to me, to be honest, because I thought we were on a good tear. This season is weird. Uh, Chidge and the guys talked about on the fan cast too. It's just like they said, this is one of the tightest tables we've ever seen. It's like back mm. in the seventies and eighties when you could lose four in a row, but you're still in the mix. Obviously we don't want to be in that situation. Right. But it's just like, I think there's like nine or 10 points between like first and 10th, right? It's, uh, 10 points between first and 10th, first and 11th. So it's just, it's wildly tough. Um, COVID is providing new challenges, a condensed schedule, um, you know, you're missing players every now and then. And so it's, you know, this is, this is a hard one, I think, to judge, especially when we're only in December. Uh, one of the things that was interesting that came out when we first were talking about this script and recorded part one of this and now is there was an update to like expected points for the Premier League. Uh, so basically it's taking what your expected goals were in each match if you kind of played it out at what the expected table would be. And Chelsea are actually underperforming, you know, for the season at hand. You know, we would have had 32 points, Liverpool at 30, Man City at 29, Villa actually at 27. So Villa was like right on, crazily enough. Uh, but we're actually down at 26 off of 32. And Liverpool are at 33, where they kind of would have been at 30. And like, you know, so just some, it is wonky stuff. I actually don't think, know if it's reverting to the mean as much as underperformance in front of, like the underperformance in front of goal, actually, I think is the largest issue we're seeing. And Lampard's called that out too. Dan, you had your turn. There you go. Good. Sneaking more in. Yeah, I'm man. just, hey, look, you know, we, we, that's what happens when technology crashes. It gives me an opportunity to soliloquy a little more. That's fine. All right. All right. Well, uh, as we now flip from looking back to looking forward, uh, one thing, <laughs> Dan, one, one thing you went to see in January. And, <laughs> one uh, thing. Cannot <laughs> emphasize this enough. <laughs> what we wanted to see in December, I put, and this is why losing to Arsenal is my biggest surprise, I wanted to see a smash Arsenal and beat City. And I, you gave me a hard time. Well, cities in January. I'm like, yeah, it's all the same period. It's a, it's a festive period where we have a bunch of games smashed together. Missed the mark wildly on Arsenal City. We'll have something to talk about a little bit. Dan, you said you want to see wins against top sides, not just draws. Playing the fifth, seventh, eighth, tenth, and only one smaller club, fourteenth. 
probably came back to bite us a little bit on that one. And then, Nick, you said you want to see squad players raising their level. We had a little bit of a debate the first time on this. We said, uh, that didn't happen. Nick, you tried to argue that it it actually did happen. Yeah, I th- you have a little column A, a little column B here, right? I think you have your Olivier Giroux and, you know, as of late, your Callum Hudson-Odois and, you know, potentially your Billy Gilmores and, and some positives in there. And then you have some uh, not so positive uh, pieces uh, in there as well. And those who didn't take their chances when they were given opportunities. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think of the three, I was the most correct, but it wasn't a resounding victory by any means. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's fair. So, Dan, after much ado about are we playing, are we not, are we circuit breaking, are we not, it looks like after City had to postpone a game because they had positive COVID tests, the FA and the Premier League have forced them back into training ahead of our match with them at the weekend. So, two days ago, we were talking about how this wasn't going to happen. And now we've been made to rewind the tapes and say, I guess it is <laughs> happening somehow. It looks like we'll be playing City, but Morecambe, Fulham, those teams have all had COVID cases and matches postponed and things like that. How we get through the 15th of January and playing all these matches, I'm really concerned about it. Um, but then we have Lesser City, Wolves, and Burnley to round out the month. Five fixture, wait, one, two, three, four, five, six fixtures again, and in four weeks is a ton. And with the cases rising right now, is a really worrisome time, I think, for for how this is going to work with squad integrity. Well, player safety is first and foremost, and you know, not just the player safety, but it's everyone within the the organization. So it's the coaching staff, it's the medical staff, the trainers, anyone, you know, the kit man in the boot room anyone who's evolved is you know has to be kind of taken into consideration here and yes it looks like we'll play this match against city this weekend the fa cup match probably doesn't happen would be my guess but then we've got fulham which again the the thing is you need to start pulling off some wins here and you know even the against the lesser city team who've been playing really really well that's the type of game that you should show up and win, even though it has been difficult for us to beat them the past couple seasons. You know, it's been a lot of you know, really interesting draws. They made for some good neutral football, but not great results for us. And then, you know, a little bit of a revenge match against Wolves and, you know, a, a newly cash rich Burnley uh, with new ownership is going to be one that we have to take some points against too. But they've been doing extremely well under Dice, who just knows how to manufacture results. So I think, Nick, it's going to be an interesting January especially because we don't know how many matches there will be. And, you know, if we maybe get a little bit of extra rest, which I guess would be the only benefit potentially. Yeah, I mean, can we just talk about like the atmosphere in general, right? The, the UK is in uh, just as bad of a shape per capita as the US is essentially right now with the coronavirus. The UK variant of the coronavirus lately uh, has been proven to be uh, more easily spread, although the symptoms are, are you know, the, the side effects are not as severe, um, but it can be spread more quickly, which is just horrible news for a thousand different reasons. Uh, and, you know, one of the things we talked about um, when we recorded this the first time, because it, it was less clear whether there was going to be a circuit break or something uh, around that time is like, okay, so you start to postpone these matches, right? And maybe the FA Cup match doesn't happen. Maybe Fulham has another 
outbreak, maybe Chelsea gets an outbreak, right? I mean, these are all possibilities uh, on the on the wheel of possibilities. When do you reschedule these matches? I mean, Chelsea are essentially with the Champions League, the FA Cup, um, and and Premier League play because of a Euros tournament this summer, locked into two to three matches a, a week through the end of the year, basically. Um, it is an incredibly tight fixture list. So there isn't a whole lot of wiggle room, and you can't have teams playing four matches in a week. I mean, it's, it just beggars belief how that would happen. So uh, to me, I'm just, you know, I'm looking at this thing writ large. Vaccines will not be in full circulation likely until early spring. So you're not going to have enough people who are vaccinated against this to really slow down the spread of the disease. And, you know, this is crunch time for every competition that I just mentioned. So I think the Premier League, Brandon, has a ton of interesting decisions to make. Uh, but Dan is 100% correct that the only lens to look at this through is the health and safety of the people uh, at these clubs. And that's the only thing that matters. I think we talked at different parts as well that you know these players are are people too as much as they're entertainers you know we can't sacrifice them at our own convenience and at our own pleasure as well you know i think if you were to ask kai Alberts, hey are you worried about this is this a big deal he'd probably say yeah like look it's taken me months to get back and he's probably not even fully back he's like what player would want to go through that and the mental health struggles and the things that probably come with it and the lack of confidence, you know, just so we could resume playing versus maybe taking a couple months off and then saying, look, we're going to have an abbreviated season. And that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, it just, it's, it's affecting a lot of people. It's affecting a lot of things. So we're not out here, you know, virtue signaling, telling people this is not the moral thing to do or anything. We're just saying let's just keep what is important up front is that they're people, they're humans, they have health and they have families that need to be taken into consideration as well. And I and from my opinion now, I don't think the FA do a hell of a good job or the board of the Premier League making these decisions. I personally just think that they look at the balance sheet, they look at the profit and loss statement, and they make a decision. And I understand that it affects clubs and, you know, well, if we don't play, then we don't make money. I understand that, you know. But again, what's the human cost to these things, which are very quickly forgotten when it comes to well-paid athletes because, well, they're paid a lot so they can deal with it. It's it's not really the way I, I approach it. And I just think the FA are, have a pretty terrible track record of making these decisions. It, it It's... Look, this disease does not give two shits about your socioeconomic status. It does not care about whether you have plans in two weeks. It doesn't like it. it there is no rhyme or reason really as to how it affects people. Now, people with you know underlying comorbidities are obviously feeling this thing worse than, than maybe some who don't. But it's killed healthy people and it's killed sick people alike. It's killed young people and old people you know, when you look at this thing again, I'm not telling anyone anything that they don't know. I'm not a doctor. Uh, so in case anyone was wondering, I'm not a doctor, but I, this thing is, it's just bad news all the way around. And a guy like Kai Havertz, who's healthy as a horse, had a really, really, really bad time with this. So like, it should tell you something. And Golo Conte, if you remember back to the, to the Project Restart, 
didn't even want to play because he was worried about this thing, right? Like, think about these. These are these are top of the line athletes who are at Chelsea Football Club, an environment that is keeping you know doing their best to keep everybody safe, right? It's it just sucks. Um, so I know it's nothing that we could control, but J- January could be topsy turvy because of it. Uh, well, Dan, you can after all of that. Uh, let me remind everyone we're we're going to one thing you want to see in January, which I think a lot of this will be probably health related if we were to kind of redo this. But the listeners have some ideas. So what do the listeners want to see in January? Well, it was a pretty common theme, no surprise, given the way that December went. Uh, Millhouse, Jeremy, MM7, Jackson, pretty much universal. It was all about the dub. It was all about a win. It was about three points. It was about seeing Chelsea come away with maximum returns on matches that we go into this season or this uh, January, which makes a lot of sense. I can echo that. Uh, I want to see in January goals screw clean sheets. And that's coming from the goalkeepers union side of the pod. Um, I talked about a lot about Timo in the beginning of the year. I said, I think he's going to be clutch. You know, we talked about how well Giroud did in the month of December because of all the goals he scored. I think we have been creating a lot of chances. We just haven't been converting them. And I want us to probably at the expense of defending a little bit, go and score goals. I just want to see goals, goals, goals out of the team again. I'll take five, two, I'll take five, three. Don't care. Uh, let's, let's bang them in. So Nick, what are you hoping to see your new year's resolution for the team? Maybe my, my new year's resolution. Yeah. We didn't do new year's resolutions this year, which is, is probably the right thing. Um, <laughs> just given how kind of all over the place the squad's been, I think we need to take a reset. You know, you kind of heard my, uh, earlier statements on this, um, I, I would like to see a you know a different structure or a plan to utilize our squad in the best way possible. There has been a, a large part of the season where four three three was the way to go, and I still think that's still an incredibly viable formation for this team. But if you don't have Ziyech available, if you don't have true wingers available, how are you utilizing Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, Reese James, Cesar Espilicueta, Olivier Giroud, and Tammy Abraham? All these players together. Take, you know, thinking about our midfield too. You have Mason Kovacic, Ingolo, Jorginho, all these guys. Billy Gilmore. How are we utilizing them effectively? How are, how are we creating a really strong, you know, set of squads within our squad? How are we playing tier A players and tier B players together um, so that we aren't running our players out of gas uh, as we head into March and, and finish really badly? These are all the things that I would be thinking about if I were Frank Lampard, and I think that January may not be the hardest month of fixtures, but we got to start figuring this shit out uh, now. So that that would be the thing I want to look for. All right, Dan, over to you. Wrap us up. Bring me some numbers. Bring some math into it. So I, I think it's, you know, knowing that we're going to play City now, it's uh, 11 out of 15. Yeah, we've got five Premier League matches scheduled for this month. Maximum 15 points. I think the minimum expectation has to be 11 points. So that's three wins and a couple of draws. Yeah, I, I would, you know, look, City are a great team, Leicester are a great team, but I, I do think you have to be full of Wolves and Burnley. But that, to me, is minimum expectation. Uh, Leicester has been a side we draw against regularly, and City has been kind of a back and forth. You know, we we did beat them last year, which was nice, but, you know, they, they put us to the, the sword a couple of times in the past few years. So I would accept draws on those. I would like wins, but... I would accept them, and the other three need to be wins. Just minimum expectation. 
So that's undefeated, by the way. No losses. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, it's, it's, it, but like, if you want to stay in the race for top four this season, and look, I, I know that the maximum point total right now continues to drop. Like, you could see someone in the eighty point range win the Premier League this season. Mm-hmm. Not, not surprising. So, look, things are not crazily enough are not out of a grasp at any like for anyone at this point. If you're in the top 13 spots right now you could lay claim to say this is our year to do something and you might be right and another huge thing to think about is three of the five teams above us in the table have played one or two games less than us so not only do we have to make up points as is there will be potential future points to make up uh Mm -hmm. careful now burnley with a huge investment announced recently so uh big club burnley gonna get that new investor bounce i hope not um, that just means they could go sign someone by the time we play them at the end of the month. Maybe they're a not, couple people. They're not owned by the minibus guy anymore? Sounds like not. Capital investment firm is uh, taking over. Well, that always goes well, so <laughs> best, best of luck to them. Yeah, apparently it's in the statement they're going to move there and uh, be very hands-on the day-to-day. And one of the, my favorite stories, I forgot who told us, they're like, anytime you can't take one train to the ground, it's a terrible day out. And they said Burnley is one of the worst days out in Midlands because you have to take a train and then another train, which means it's a it's just a dump. It's probably Gary Hayes knowing Gary, the way he talks about football grounds. Naz told us, Chris Axon told us that too. Like, yeah. and it's just, and it's cold as shit up there. They're in, they're in like high elevation, just blah, but we got them at the break. So I'm yeah. happy about that. Yeah. So next time we do a trip uh, over to England, expect a Burnley away, ladies and gentlemen. Burnley away, baby. Let's go. <laughs> no, thank you. All right. Uh, well, that's going to wrap it up for this one. Um, and now I guess as we're recording it on New Year's Eve, but you're going to be getting this on New Year's Day. Just look. Happy New Year's 2021. Dan, it looks like you even have a special message for a special someone in your life. No, that, that's me. Nick, that's you message. have a special message for a special yeah. someone in your life? That That's right. A special someone in all of our lives, really. Um, it's, it's 2021, a couple hours here as we're recording. And it's a happy blue year to Declan Rice in particular. Looking at you, kid. <laughs> happy blue year, you know? Tapping him up. Tapping him up. <laughs> if, I mean, if that doesn't get him to sign, I mean, what You're the hell get will? The podcast fined, Nick. That's right. Well, thank God we're making all those tens of dollars per week because cha-ching. Let's go. All right. Well, cheers to 2021, all of you out there. I uh, know it's been a great month. Uh, we put out on our socials today. What a great year it's been, you know, for us and why it's been great isn't about us. It's because of the people in our community and the let's, charitable giving and the, let's the community. Rip, we got to rip some of these stats down now. We got to do this. So uh, just 2020 year in review in two minutes. All right. We published a hundred and forty nine podcasts in 2020. You guys That's are a lot. what? <laughs> That's insane. Like Even as we were recording, it, I didn't expect the number to be that high. Our downloads were 80% growth year over year, which is insane. Well over uh, you, a million. You, I mean, you guys are killing it. Uh, we did we surpassed episode 400 and 500 in one year, which is, like we did a big celebration for 400. And then like, I think we got to 500 and we we're like, oh shit, it's 500 too. We got to do something. Uh, we produced our Chelsea DNA series at the beginning of 2020. We did a Chelsea history series during the first lockdown with Rick Glanville. We're super proud of both of those series, and those are evergreen, so go listen to them. 
Uh, we hosted the Chelsea Decades Draft, which didn't get enough love in real time, but you can go listen to it now. Look, uh, which I, was, I had a blast, all right? It was, <laughs> yeah, some of the most fun we've ever had. And we joined Blue Wire, which is it's a big accomplishment. Um, you know, we moved to a sports-focused podcast network, and they're bringing us, you know, deck-the-balls types of ads from from different advertisers, so we're really excited about that. Dan... In in rapid fire fashion, I need you to go down the guest list and oh go gosh. now. Yeah, Ready, well, go. R- real quick, real quick. Just we we only recorded ten more episodes this year than we did last year. Just keeping in mind like the growth mentality, like that, that was pretty impressive. But all right, so guests included, but not limited to, because we did have some guests that we you know look. These are all the Chelsea related ones. We had a couple opposition ones, and you know maybe Don't results count. haven't gone our way, so we we're not counting those. Bobby Tamley, Mason Mount, Fakao Tamori, and Aaron Cuthbert, uh, along with Pat Nevin, rounded out our Chelsea, former Chelsea, current Chelsea grouping. Uh, we did have Matt Law and Nazar Kinsella, Joe Tweeds, Phil, actually known as Chelsea Youth. We had Fabrizio Romano, Simon Johnson, Arlo White, CJ Uzoma, Dan Altman, Smarter Scout, Liam Toomey, Mike Ryan Wees, Olivia Buzaglo, Rick Glanville, Lee Parker, Gary Hayes, Katie Wyatt, Dan Silves, Mark Worrell, Stanford Chidge, Clayton Bierman, Louis Benevente, Big Boy Louie, George Benson, Chelsea Yannick, Couch Critic, a.k.a. Dennis. We had Adi Joseph, Grant James, Amity, <laughs> uh, Claire Watkins, Gene Lalashan, Andrew Joseph, The Cooligans. I uh, wasn't there for that one, but it was a good episode. David Pastor, Andy <laughs> Saunders, Miles Surrey, and Michael Statham all joined us for an episode this season, which we are super appreciative for. It's uh, it, and but I think the last thing is, which we haven't called out, is just the community, right? You know, we raised multiple thousands of dollars for Feeding America. You know, over two thousand for that at the start of the pandemic. We raised over five thousand for charities that were helping to support uh, racial justice and uh, any police brutality which was really great. And then our Discord community, which continued to grow. It's over 250 strong now. And uh, they've been there for each, for each other a lot through this pandemic. So mm-hmm. uh, really, really just exceptional stuff there. And last but not least, obviously, Jake and Bruce. Uh, for all the editing on video, graphics, and audio, you two put in a hell of a lot of work, and we uh, appreciate it. And so does our community. So anyways, thank you for 2020. Thank you for December. I'm ready to leave both of those behind, and here's Mm -hmm. to January in 2021. So that's going to wrap us up, Chelsea fans. Let us know what you thought, even if you didn't get your submissions in time. Ping us. Throw it our way. Gold month, player of the month, surprise of the month, all that stuff. Uh, We're still happy to talk to them as we head into the new year. But anyways, that's a wrap for Dan, Nick, and myself. A happy new year out there to all you blues. And until next time, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.